The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast. Hello and welcome to the uh oh no, am I? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing that one. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Sci-Fi Film. Hello, and welcome to the Sci-Fi Film podcast. Uh, my name is Andy Walker, and I'm Are you sure about here, that. Yeah, and I am here with my permanently grooming son. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about, and my whole head is going, it's falling apart. Uh, anyway, I'm here with my son, Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello there. I know I was, this, I, this is I was just a, a, sorry, go, go. I was about to ask how you were, but what I said to me, I don't think I want to. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know this sounds ridiculous, but you bring a, bring a bit of sanity to the to the programme. Well, it'll be the first time. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with my head. Parts of my body are, are working independent of the rest of it. As I say, if you understood what was going on in your head, it would make a change, really. Oh, it's a strange old life. Anyway, um, how are you? <laughs> oh, oh, dear. I was about to say I'm okay, but... Not good. Yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm... Having a bit of an interesting moment in life at the moment, but I will tell you more about that afterwards. Okay, fair enough. That's not not for everybody's ears, I take it. Then. Oh, it's it's just it's a it's a fun moment in life where things are possibly looking up for me. Okay. Anyway, shall we get on with this mm-hmm. little review thing? Shall we? Yeah, I did. You're busy watching TV. No, sorry, I was. I've I've got something caught on the side of my lip, and I was trying to move my head, trying to move my head to get my lip in the right place, and realised I couldn't. Okay. Anyway, this week we have two short films: one horror, one sci-fi, and we have a science fiction film, which is a very mainstream science fiction film, which is odd for us. But um, I just thought we we could do with some more mainstream stuff and some less sort of like obscure, what the hell is going on type films. Um, it's nice to have it every now and again. Yeah. So we're going to start <laughs> off with a horror short. This is a film called On the Fleek. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what On Fleek means. Um, but here you go. It's a horror film from uh, 2022, 2022, from Dark Matters Films. Uh, it was written and directed by Stephen Dorrington. And. Uh, <laughs> The um, yes, cinematographer geezer was uh, Michael Spry. I don't know what's wrong with my mouth, I can't talk properly at the moment. The cast, the cast 
is Shona O'Sullivan, Nicola Goodchild, Patrick Marlowe, not Malone, Marlowe, and Phoebe Rawlinson. Oh, my God. Oh, this is going to be interesting later, isn't it? <laughs> the synopsis for this film says, uh, Emma, an insecure teenager, suffers horrendous cyberbullying from her peers from school. Inexplicably, the body-shaming abuse she receives begins to transform her appearance and her worst fears come true. Mm. Mm. It's, it's, it's a very of-the-moment sort of film. Yes. Um, I really like the idea. I think it's, it's a really well-done yeah, well idea. Uh, and I really like the effects. The, the effects oh, yeah. of the makeup are just brilliant. So it's really good. Um, the acting as well. I really like the acting. Her acting in particular. Yeah, um, it is. It's very, very sort of. I say, I don't know. It's, it was, the main bit of it you see of hers really is when she's sitting down at the table, and I think that's the best bit. Is when she. I've, I've been in the moment, and I know that there's a lot of teenage kids that go for that sort that hide a lot of what they're feeling. Yeah. And the way that is portrayed in this, just done. Yeah. And, and where she's actually sort of like, you know, trying to stop these things that are happening to her. That's, that's really incredible. Yeah. I really like this film. I really like it. I thought it's a really well-made film and it's a really good idea. And it, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I sh we should show it to people who do body shaming and stuff like that and just say, look, look what you could cause. It is. It, you know, there's there's one, it, there's a few comments on the video on YouTube that I looked at. I thought to myself, you know what, it's amazing the fact that these people are putting, are putting their selves forward on it. And there's a few comments on it that saying that it, it was very close to home because they've dealt with the same thing and they were... Yeah. It helped, and it not not helped them. It's it's nice to see that someone's getting that in a different form, but getting that message out there to say that it needs to stop. It needs to, the bullying. They're going to be. They think it's just a laugh or whether or not anything. Any words like that can hurt someone. Yeah, absolutely. and the fact that this video, this film, is saying it's it's a very unique way of doing it, and trust me, it's a very very traumatic way of doing it. Oh yeah, but I know, I know, I know, but. I know personally that there, are, there have been a few people that I know that have had certain things said to them because about the way they look and, and have done the self-harm thing and done the sort of tried to make themselves look different by changing their hair or diets or going on extreme diets or the self-harming yeah. thing. They've done it to, to sort of change the way they look and to try and please other people. And it's so hard. Yeah. It's so horrible the way that people act around it. But I think this film... Apart from the fact that he puts over that image, that, <clears throat> that message, but it's it's the reaction afterwards. Like she thinks that she, she now looks amazing. Yeah. It's photographs she takes. But even the bit in the end <clears throat> with the shock of her family, the fact that her little sister still takes the photo. Yeah. The shows what this day and age is now being. It's now that sort of everything's out there for everyone. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. need to be. It needs to be. There's some things that you should keep to yourself and don't have to put everywhere and don't have to worry about the way you look. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I think it's a really good film. And I think I, 
more people need to watch it because I think it's really, it's a really good message and it's really put to, put together well. It's done really well. I think as well the fact that it shows the bit of the end with the when you see the picture that she puts up. Yeah. How she looks after. And then obviously the bit that comes up about the comment. It's just that, mm-hmm. that, that no matter what you do, no matter how much you change or try and please other people, there's always going to be that someone out there that just goes, that is horrible. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that that shows that, the fact that she does all this mutilation to herself and there's still someone that says ha-ha to it. And it's yeah. just like, that's the bit I like about this, is the fact that there's so many messages that are through on this that it's done. And it's so close to home with a lot of things. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's... You know, there are always going to be people out there who are going to who are going to say horrible things or do horrible things like that, and it's no matter what you do or who you are. Yeah, there's there's people that it's funny. There's people out there in this day and age that blatantly just go out to ruin someone's day just because of the fact that it makes them feel good. Absolutely. And it's, there's always going to be people that that happens to, and there's always going to be people that do it. And the more the messages come out like stuff like this, the more people learn to ignore it. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a very good message. Very well done. Very good. Okay. Moving on to the second film, which is another film that's got a message behind it. It's be fun. Um, this <laughs> is a uh, science fiction film from uh, 2022. Again, it's called New Air. Uh, it's Versatile Media Limited. Uh, written and directed by Leo Lee. And the cinematographer Mark He. Um, cast is Lee Ali Imantua, Elizabeth Turner, I can do that one, Barbara Wang, Muriel Angeline Cacum. Uh, now, this is interesting because it says in the uh, write up about it, it's the first sci fi short film made entirely using virtual production on an LED stage. Okay. So basically what it means is that you have real live actors, but everything else is virtual reality. Oh, that's right. That's cool. Um, The synopsis for this film says, on a distant planet, human explorers are forging a new future on a brutal, resource-scarce world. A mother and her young daughter battle for survival together and sometimes against one another as they fight to stay alive with humanity's punishing new rules. How far will mankind go to, forgive, uh, to forge new routes in a new, untamed environment? What endures when civilization is gone and survival is all that is left? Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think? I feel, I don't know, part of me is a bit torn with this. I feel a bit weird. I think if I watched it the other way around to watch this one first, mm. probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. But I think watching the, the obviously the first one we done, it, so I sort of felt a lift a bit sort of, this is a bit naff now, just because of it. But I don't know, I, I had such a I think I had also a problem with it, it's the fact that it, it's it's a story and a message or whatever that's been done so many times. Yeah, I mean, it's a big environmental Yeah, and it's, and everything. I don't know, it just, there's a lot of it that I sort of, 
was picking fault in, I suppose, the sort of the whole bit of the fact that she gets left behind, like, the, the girl with the end gets left behind, I get the fact that she's the youngest. Yeah. So she's got a longer lifetime to plan things, but she's also still a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Probably doesn't know a lot, and I understand it's really bad, but doesn't know a lot to do with like, I don't know, biology or chemistry to stuff to help them actually prevent, like, to prevail where they need oxygen. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's a bit traumatic as well, waking up and finding out your mum's actually got what your mum and everyone else is partly now what you're breathing. Yeah. Which I'm a bit confused about how that works. Because she said it turns them into fertiliser to help them breathe. And I'm like, but you're in water tanks. But yeah, I don't know. I suppose the, the, the pull out shot where it shows the, mo the moss growing. Yeah. Oh, it was a bit sort of, but it was quite a good shot with that. And I, I don't know. I just I think I found this film a bit lacking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, it looks amazing and the effects are great. But then you would expect that if it's all in virtual. Yeah. Production. It's just, you know. Um, the acting was quite good because of the fact, if you think about it, they're probably acting to nothing. Yeah, they, yeah I, I get that. Probably, there's nothing around them and there's no environment and stuff like that to um, look at. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a well-used, well-worn sort of like message and storyline and all that sort of thing. It's not a bad film. It, it's okay. Um, but, I mean, for me, one of the main things for me was I just felt it was too long. Yeah, it just they could have done the whole thing a lot shorter and made it just as made it maybe a little bit more punchy and made it a bit more. Yeah, no, yeah, it did seem to. As I was saying, it seemed to be lacking in something, and I think, like you said, that if they made it a bit punchier, maybe I don't know, broke it down, not broke it down, but sort of shortened it down a little bit so it was a bit more compact. I think we would have yeah. done a lot better. But it just seemed to point. drag. Because it was dragged out, it kind of seemed to lose something. It, it yeah. Kind of, if it had been a shorter, more punchy film, then it might have been... I think if they'd done it from... Out. If they'd done it, say, from them stumbling in the airlock, like a rip in a suit and was injured, and done yeah. it from there to the end, I think it would have probably been better because it's a bit more like, well, hang on a minute, we'll sort of draw you into what's going on. Why would they... Yeah. in a rush from outside but that whole section outside to sort of a bit like I, I don't know it's sort of, I think that was a bit too obviously like because it does the whole prologue a bit at the beginning saying we're on a desolate planet didn't yeah. they really need to show it if they chose from the inside and you're the last survival True, it maybe yeah. would have been a little bit better yeah yeah I suppose I mean it's not a bad film it's, and it's no. a, you know I mean it's a good and important message but I just think it's a bit it could have been done a bit better. Yeah. Okay. Right. On to our feature film. Now, this feature film is uh, from 1984, science fiction film from 84 called The Last Starfighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is uh, directed by Nick Castle, who did some TV stuff in the 80s and 2000s. Uh, now, just, just before I go into all this, just to make sure everyone knows, when I list all these things, it is only the stuff that we would normally cover. So it's only things that would be to do with science fiction or horror or that kind of stuff. They've done all done a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Apart from what I'm going to talk to about now, but you know, that's what they've done in what you know, as far as our stuff's concerned. Uh, the writer was Jonathan R. Betuel, 
who did some TV stuff in the 80s and wrote film My Science Project in 1985. Uh, the cast got K.E. Cutter, who did some TV stuff in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and 2000s. Uh, was in Zombie High in 1987, Frankenstein General Hospital in 1988, and Warlock in 1989. And we have Dan Mason, who was in uh, did some TV stuff in the 80s and was in a film called Incubus in 2006. Uh, Lance Guest, who did TV stuff in the 90s and 2000s, he was in uh, Halloween 2 in 1981, Jaws the Revenge in 1987, Night of the Wolf in 2014, and a film called Altered Perceptions, which isn't actually out yet. It's in post-production. Okay. Uh, then we have Dan O'Hurley, <laughs> who was in TV stuff in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. He was in Invasion USA in 1952, a film called The Cabinet of Caligari in 1962, uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch in 1982, Robocop in 1987 and Robocop 2 in 1990. Uh, Catherine Mary Stewart, who did some TV stuff in the 80s, 90s, 2000s and 2010s. She was in The Apple in 2000. In, sorry, no. She was in The Apple in 1980. Okay, right. Night of the Comet in 1984. Night Flyers 1987. The World Gone Wild in 1987. The Psychic in 1991. Reaper 2000. Uh, the Attic in 2007, Imitation Girl in 2017, and The Elevator Game in 2022. And we have Barbara Bosson, who did some TV stuff in the 90s, and that's it. Uh, Norman Snow did TV stuff in the 60s, 70s, 90s, and the 2010s. Uh, Robert Preston, who did some TV stuff in the 50s. Uh, Louis Rogan did some TV stuff in the 80s and was in the remake of Invaders from Mars in 1986. Uh, John O'Leary, who did some TV stuff in the 70s, 80s, 90s and 2000s, and was in Demon Seed in 1977. Stepfather 2, Make Room for Daddy in 1989. The Haunting of Morella in 1990 and Waxwork 2, Lost in Time in 1992. And there we go. So the synopsis for this says high schooler Alex Rogan conquers the Starfighter video game only to find out it was just a test and he is transported to another planet. He has been recruited to join a team of the best Starfighters to defend their world from the attack. Yeah. So there you go. Um this is basically a good family sci-fi romp. It's it's uh you know it, it's not meant to be sort of hard sci-fi that you have to think about and has some deep meaning to it as such. Um, it's got some humour in it in different places. It's got some action scenes. It's got some slightly dodgy special effects, but hey, it was nineteen eighty four. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, it's kind of inoffensive, pretty good story and idea. Acting wasn't bad, you know, it's 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 not a bad little film, really. All in all, no, it's, it's not a bad film, it's definitely 
I think one that they jumped on the bandwagon at the time was the whole Star Wars and Star Trek stuff going on. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think I saw this. I saw this at a cinema um, when it first, well, not when it first came out, but I saw this at a cinema. Uh, I don't know exactly when it was, but I saw it in a double bill with the film Enemy Mine. Uh, and it's a similar kind of thing. It's that kind of you know, uh, you could you could watch this with most of your family without anyone being overly offended with any of it. It's like a bit like Flight of the Navigator and all of those kind of yeah. Which is, yeah. I'd say this is this this come before Flight of the Navigator, didn't it? So it's I think so. Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, Flight of the Navigator was like uh, eighty six. So I think this is. I will say though, there is there is a name that you didn't mention, which is I think this might have been a stepping stone for him. What's that? Will Wheaton. Oh, Will Wheaton, yeah. Yes, Will Wheaton did. No, he, he, he's, but the thing is, he's, he's only in the background. Yeah. He's not actually like a character that speaks or anything like this. He's in the background as one of the uh, little brothers, uh, Louis' friends. Yeah. Which he mentions like right at the end. So he's. <laughs> Yeah. But it's just the fact that obviously there's a few of them that went on and done quite big names. Obviously, Will Wheaton's quite one of the biggest that. Went on to do Star Trek and uh, Star Trek and sort of known for that, yeah. but it's just I definitely think this is definitely like close to some some of the ideas I think were close to like, some Star Wars, especially some of the uniforms. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there but, were there were obvious bits that were taken <laughs> taken from uh, you know things like Star Wars and that sort of thing, but then you know any film any science fiction film that came yeah. after Star Wars after the first. Star Wars films, we're going to have that kind of thing because everyone nicked for me, you know. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. But I think it, what I like, what I liked about it, I think the funniest bit that I loved about it was not the facts, obviously, that everyone spoke perfect English with this translator, even ones that didn't weren't in the proximity of the translator. <laughs> um, the fact that they were all humanoid and no one argued, and the fact that they were uh, they all um, could breathe, in, uh, breathe oxygen. Yeah, well, you know, you have to um, have a certain amount of... It makes it easier. Yeah. yeah. What I loved about this was how accepting everyone was. <laughs> He's accepting he gets he gets picked up by an alien, or he gets offered into a car, except quite happily jumps in, which obviously nowadays you can't do. Yeah. Um, Obviously, a lot of that is accepting. He accepts the fact he's been taken into space and he's surrounded by aliens and gets accepted all this stuff and he's perfectly fine with it, even when they're not speaking English to him. Yeah. The bit that made me laugh the most is at the end, where he comes down in the starship, yeah, talks to his family and goes, this is what happened. They'll go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it told like, me, it, not it? What? It's no, it's like, but the thing is, they all go, to who done this? And it's like, oh, it's a robot. Just, that's almost like the perfect excuse to go, like, I was a complete and utter dick to use the other day, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me, it was a robot. It wasn't me, it was someone else that can't prove it. Yeah. It was an, it was an alien. The only person that's been a pro that could prove it was me, I'm going to take with me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the interesting thing as well is that the guy who played the alien that picked him up, uh, Robert Preston, before this, the thing he was most well-known for, he, he did a few other things apart from this, but the thing he was most well-known for was being in a film called The Music Man, in which he, which was a thing that he had to do with like the writing and, and uh, making of completely from the beginning. And it's where uh, he did a, performed a song called 76 Trombones, 
yeah. which was a massive hit and has been done by loads of different people since then. And it was just, you know, it's a weird thing of like this guy who, who did this sort of stage musical thing about sort of this guy leading a, a parade of trombone trombones through a, through a town. Mm. And then he was suddenly he's an alien who can take his face off and things like that. But his face, take his face on and off with a, with a handkerchief as well, which I think pretty cool. Well, to be honest, I see, I thought, yeah, there were a few dodgy effects, especially from <laughs> the computer, the computer things and the floating head and things like that. But yeah, for for when this was for 1984. Oh yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it could quite easily have just been a made-for-TV film because it was it had that kind of look about it. The thing um, that amazes me, and I will say this, and I say this quite a lot with a lot of films that, especially this time, amazed the hell out of me. This had a budget of fifteen million dollars, right? Which for that time, like in the eighties, that's a hell of a lot of money. It's a hell of a lot of money now. Yeah, but that is a lot of money then. But it also brought in twenty just in the U in the US alone in North America, brought in twenty nine million dollars. Yeah, oh, and man. it's just like, but it does. It's got that look of straight to TV film. Yeah, but yet still managed to bring in quite a big box office hit. Well, there were a lot of these films around at the time and people wanted to watch more sci-fi. They wanted to see these sort of sci-fi family adventures because they were big folks at the time. You know, you look at all of the all of the films that were coming out in the cinema, they were, they were the same sort of thing. So people were making them. The, the other thing I like about this, though, is it, it's just funny that, that there are bits in it which are just comedy, basically. Yeah. But. It's not enough to make it into a like a parody or a yeah. or a you know specifically a comedy sci-fi film. It's natural comedy that comes out of a situation, not not. Well, it's, the thing is, wrong with it. It's it's almost it's also comedy that if you don't hear, like there's a couple of bits in it. If you don't pay attention to, you can miss completely. Yeah, and it's not like it ruins the film at all. It's just it's. It's there, like some of the bits that he says about when they're in the starship. And he says, "I'll, I'll come up with an idea by the time we reach the frontier," and then yeah. the alarm goes like two seconds later. Like, "Oh, we're here!" And I'm like, I, I sat there, I'm like, <laughs> and genuinely chuckled at it. But if I sat there and thought to myself, I was like, if you had missed that and not understood it, that wouldn't have mattered anyway. I mean, there were a couple of bits that were direct kind of rip-offs from from the whole thing of hiding inside the, yeah. the kind of the the planet and or the comet thing and. And then coming out once they'd all gone past and attacking them from yeah. behind, it's a bit, you know. Yeah. But, but you can kind of forgive them because of the fact that it's it's just. I just I, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, though, watching this, oh, do you know, I've got I have days and moments where I think to myself, I haven't really got a lot going on in my life. Yeah. And then I sat and watched this, and I'm like, I'm so glad I've got more going on in my life that the height of my day isn't someone else breaking a record on a game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the whole camp caravan side there come up and cheer him on. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's what what else has been going on in your day for that to be the highlight? No, well, this is it. Those, <laughs> those sort of places, uh, those sort of places, are places people go there and live there, and families become like you know everyone becomes part of one big family, and it's yeah. kind of like there isn't a lot going on there apart from what's you know it's, it's like a, a big thing about kind of you know it's. It's one of these places where 
oh, it's the time of day to make to go and watch, you know, um, strike it lucky or something, you know, and, yeah. and watch some kind of game show on TV, and everyone watches it, you know. It's just the fact that it's like he calls it, the guy calls it out, and they're like, what on earth? Yeah. The fact that he actually takes most of them longer to get it up, get up the stairs than it did for him to get to school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's just, I thought it was hilarious. There's certain bits of it just like proper, just like, there were, yeah, there were some comedy factors in it. It was proper, made me laugh. It's just, I don't know. It's definitely, it, it's definitely a family film, I think. It's oh, definitely yeah, one yeah. that you can sit down and watch with everyone and everyone's going to enjoy it. Yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a good family romp. Sort yeah, of, uh, inoffensive, um, bit funny, and just yeah, it's good fun. Good fun watch. It's not. Uh, yeah, you don't have to think about it much. You can just sit and enjoy it. And and Sunday afternoon tea time. Film. Yeah, it's the easy. No? It's, it's a Sunday afternoon film that you can all sit down with and just chill. Just sort of you'll sit around, even if it's just like sort of a background film. We're all sitting there having a chat. It's just something that's going on in the background. And it's just it's a. He's a feel-good film. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I will admit, and I'm going to say this now, I feel like such a hypocrite for saying, because every other 80s film we've watched, I've gone, this is awful. Yeah. Or <laughs> sat there and ripped it apart. But this, I've gone, no, do you know what? It's, it's not that The thing about it is, most of the other things we've watched, they've, they've been awful. They have been awful. No, but they also try, they've tried to be something they're not. There is that. They they try to be you know this huge epic and they're not, <laughs> or they try to be this sort of like uh, massive sort of like have this massive under under story with you know oh it's, you know twists yeah. and turns and it doesn't work. But this is what it says it is. It's just basically a good fun film. Yeah, yeah. It is and I think it's, I think that's the best bit I love about this film is the fact that it is it is just a wholesome film. It's not trying yeah. to be anything. Because like we said, it is, it is the time it come out was just after uh, Jedi, uh, the Return of the Jedi film come out, so there was a big hype for that. Yeah. Obviously, Star Trek was making its impact as well with their films that they come out. Yeah. So there was a lot of hype for these films, and there was a lot of films that we've seen that have tried too hard and. We've looked. You look at it and go. You just you're trying too hard, and you can see it straight away. Yeah. But this, I think, it's just such a wholesome film, such a family film. Yeah, you just, as I say, you could all sit around a, as a family, sit and watch this without any worries, and it's just sort of, yeah, good a good bit of fun to watch. Hmm. Okay, so we have uh, three films. There you got on fleek, uh, off fleek, well, on fleek, off fleek. Okay, on fleek. I will find out what that means. I'm going to try yeah. to find out what that means. Anyway, um, on fleek, um, uh, which is a really good film with a really good message, very well made, and uh, it's a bit hard hitting. Then we have New Air, which is again, it's not a bad film. It's it's fairly well made, and it's it's kind of uh, got a message behind it and all that. Um, but it's a little bit maybe a bit over long. Gets the message gets a bit lost and a bit watered down. And The Last Starfighter, which is a good family film that anyone can sit and watch and just have a bit of a laugh watching it. It's not meant to be anything deep and meaningful. It is what it is, which is just a good bit of fun to watch. I just quickly looked up what on fleek means. Uh, It's a recent slang thing, which means extremely good, attractive or stylish. Oh, okay, fine. So obviously, that makes a bit more sense with the whole trying to improve yourself. Yeah. Obviously, yourself obviously when they were thinking about that, they were talking about me. So, 
Well, what are you trying to say? No, I just love how sort of how serious you were. Um, um, it, yeah, I love the I love the suit. Three <laughs> hands. I have noticed, and I will put this out, like you said, that we are very uh, opposite today. Yeah, it's, it's a it bit makes like a change. It's a bit like negative, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very weird. It's almost like the good and dark side of this. <laughs> so, um, yes, there we go. Next week, we have more of the same. Um, two short films and a long film. Um, we're doing a special thing next week, though. We are doing a reviewing a short film that we've been asked to review. By yes. an old, old friend of the programme, uh, John Caravallaris. Well, yeah, I was going to say, he's he's an old friend of ours. He's not an old friend as in, like, he's old. But yeah. No, no, no. Um, but, yeah, uh, John Caravallaris, uh, who uh, was the director of the film that I was in, uh, The Hand of Fiji, and it's a new film uh, made by him, and we, 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 will, we will be reviewing that next week, and then we'll be following that with an interview with John Um about it and what else he's doing uh the week after that yes so join us next week and uh you will hear us do the same sort of thing as we did this week but with three different films and hopefully dad can actually talk next week yeah hopefully i think i might have to trim my moustache <laughs> I've got. I've done that. I've, I've had a try trim my beard up and trim my moustache up, and I have found myself not stumbling. <laughs> I'm going to shout now. I I do think that my moustache is getting in the way of my worms. <laughs> words. Um. <laughs> uh, also, just to uh, make a comment on here, uh, if anybody's interested. We also we also do uh, a uh, another podcast called Ask Us Absolutely Anything, uh, which is also available online. It's on Anchor and Spotify, uh, and it's also made by Three uh, Productions. So you can contact us about that and never listen to that, and if you want to and all that sort of thing. And uh, my. Uh, personal podcast uh, which is this is just my opinion um and then there's a new one coming out on sunday uh and uh trying to remember what this week's one is i can't remember um, um what week are we in you've just done the that... i just did the one about the wicker man didn't i yes yes so in this in that case this week's one is about um it's about the pink floyd album the wall and the film made from it. So, yeah. Uh, thank you very much uh, to anybody who has watched and listened. Thank you, Scott, for joining me and being part of the um, on ongoing insanity that is my head and uh, <laughs> stuff like that and things. So, right. I'm glad that I can. Actually, I'm not too sure whether I could be. I'm glad I could be part of the insanity, but I'm. Glad I could be here. And um, I would say uh, to anybody that if you don't think the badgers are taking over the world, God's right, which I think they are because I think they should, what you need to do is uh, have a look at a latest picture of Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen because he is turning into a badger. 
So until next week, thank you very much and goodbye. Bye. The Cyphora Film Podcast. Sci-Fora Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast.